Hi, it's Rob Moore here. And I just need to say first, before I introduce Mark, I'm sure you must know who Mark is. Um, Mark, I have to say, I think you are one of the most kind people I've ever met. Um, since, I really mean this. Since, um, since I've got to know you, you've connected me with people, you've stayed in touch many times, you've you know, been kind to me. And this, you don't need to do that, and you have. And so I just want to say it's a pleasure and a privilege to get to know you. And I know we're on other sides of the world, but I just wanted to shout out for who you are as a human being, not just the fact that you've sold half a billion books. <laughs> That's all? <laughs> <laughs> it's called a good start. And I'm here to inspire you to match, surpass me. Right. And then the first thing you said, and I'm thankful for the compliment. And uh, I would say that in the world, there are two kinds of people. There's always polarity, givers and takers. And life gives to the giver and takes from the taker. And most people don't understand that, that giving opens up the whole flow of generosity. I mean, I've been generous to you, but you've been extraordinarily generous to me. And and uh, we're just of like mind, even though we're uh, whatever we are, 7,000 or 9,000 miles apart. Just a little distance. It looks on the map. It doesn't look that big. That's very true, Mark. And it doesn't feel like that far. It's funny, Mark, because I, I have people who are about 50 metres away from me that I don't feel very close to, and you're 7,000 miles away, and I do. So, <laughs> right. right. So, Mark, I'd love to focus on your books and recurring income, because obviously, you know, we've had a good few chats, and this isn't the first. But I think right now in the world that we're in, you know, with the chaos that's going on, I really do believe that it's important to have recurring income, have assets. And, you know, it's Warren Buffett who famously said, um, if you don't make money while you sleep, you'll be working until you die. So I'd love that to be the theme for this chat. So first thing is, um, have you really, I know I've asked this before, but have you really sold half a billion books? I have really sold more than half a billion books. I've written 318 <laughs> books. I'm the only guy that's, according to Guinness Book of Records, I got a lot of records, but because you and I and everybody listening is here to be a history maker and record breaker. It's not just for Mark. It's not just for Roger Bannister, the run to four minute mile, and then the next week, 119 people did it. The, the point is all of us have a, what we taught in, in this book, which we've already covered, but I'll just do this, the essence, because we're going to talk about recurring, ask the bridge who dreams your destiny, all of us have a soul destiny code. And how do you know that? Well, when somebody dies and goes to heaven, like if you go on YouTube and watch Melon Thomas Benedict, he died for an hour and a half and it's impossible, but he came back to life. And he said, holy cow, they said, even though I'm an atheist, I got to go back. My soul fulfillment's not over. I didn't do my job. Well, let's do the opposite of that. I'm in my soul fulfillment. I'm supposed to share in books, I'm supposed to share in writing. I'm supposed to share in speaking. I'm supposed to share in thinking and in the podcast like this. And then, you know, every one of us can go to higher heights. And I wrote a whole little book called You Have a Book in You. So, you know, it tells you how to do it and how to make money the first day because that's what you want to talk about. So we'll gladly do that. How's that? Perfect. So, um, everyone, this is Mark Victor Hansen, author of Chicken Soup for the Soul and 300 million other books. <laughs> And um, I, I'm just no, going to say this. Million books. I didn't write 300 million. <laughs> yeah, I'm just exaggerating for fun. But yeah, 318 books have you authored and co-authored. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Authored and yeah. co-authored. That's correct. Because why should you do it alone? In school, they go teach you to be a Lone Ranger. But in, in life and in business, I teach in mastermind. You figure out what you want. And if you want to write a book, I want to help you talk that through in reoccurring income. You put it in writing because your goals have got to be in writing and you need too many goals. Like I got, you know, now 15,000 goals in writing and a 1,587, I think. So the, the point is you put them in writing and then you visualize it. You go to the, you, what you impress, you express. And then the most important part is you get a mastermind team. Like you and I are never physically met yet. We're mentally masterminded where you create a third new energy that you don't want it just for you. You want it for all the people that are listening to you and I, right? I mean, we both are food is we're fed for the rest of our lives, at least based on everything you've told me. I think that's true. But everybody can be. We're the first time in human history where what Christ said, John 10, 10, I've come to you might have life, have it more abundantly because of technology, because of digital breakthrough, because of 
of an economic uh, creativity that is looming right now. We could take care of 8 billion people better than we took care of a billion people only 100 years ago. Amen. Now, um, just before I dive into all the recurring income and digital asset type questions, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again, and sure. I'm not going to stop saying it. And I tell this story at least three times a week. I've told this story to two of my clients today. Mark Victor Hansen is single-handedly the person that got me to think bigger. Now, I'd read the magic of thinking big, and I'm friends with Grant Cardone, who's Mr. 10X, and, you know, Donald Trump, the other deal in the 80s and 90s. And none of that really got me thinking big. But I remember seeing you speak, Mark, and you didn't know me at the time. And I thought I was going big writing five goals. And I remember you see, seeing you speak saying you have hundreds of goals. And I, I, I had goal shame and goal imposter syndrome. In fact, I've just, I've just finished the... Um, the case study for your, I don't know if I can actually announce this, but someone you is. You can announce it. Okay, great. So um, I, I believe there's a biography being written on Mark. Well, I know there is because the biographer came to me and I shared my story um, in that. So it's a pleasure to be part of that, Mark. So Thank you. your thing about setting hundreds of goals really opened up my world and inspired me. So can you just talk a little bit about that? Because in some ways that could be overwhelming, having so many goals. Um, but it really opened my mind, and I'd love you to open the minds of the viewers and listeners. I will answer, and then I want you to answer why it opened your mind, because it, it opens a lot of minds, but a lot of minds stay closed. And the mind, as you know, only works when, like a parachute when it's open and floating. And so what happens is if you have one goal, it may have a stop sign. It may have a detour, and a cliche in spiritual language is God's delays are not God's denials. But if you have too many goals— all of them are snapping at different times, and it keeps you excited. It keeps you elevated because what you impress, you express, I said a second ago, but your inward excitement creates your outer ex ecstasy of journey, and I want to have an exciting journey. I mean, you and I, in this physical form, in this body, this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is a one-time through. Well, when I finish work, then I'll retire, and I'll go to the beach, and it, for you guys in Spain or Southern Italy or whatever it is. And for us, it's either the Caribbean on the East Coast or Hawaii, where I've owned a kind of uh, owned a, an estate in Kona Bay Estates. But the, the point is, is look, I had to have that stuff and have more only because I put it all in writing. Because what you back to this thing is that, you know, if you've got to own it in imagination, your imagination creates the materialization and the realization because you've got a destination that's worthy of you. Well, you know, because most people come to my seminars and they say, well, I want more money. So I go, here, Rob, here's a quarter. And you go, no, 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 that's not what I mean. I want to be rich. Well, you didn't say you want to be rich. If you want to be a millionaire, you got to, you know, you got to work 250 days a year, $400 a day. That's 100,000, 250 work days times 4,000 a day is a million. And it's easier to make a million than 100,000. And a million dollars, means that you've directly and indirectly employed 10 people. And if you're a billionaire, you've directly and indirectly employed 10,000 people. Both are totally, absolutely available because your state of mind creates your state of result. From a spiritual language, the Old Testament says, as a man or a woman thinketh in their heart, their soul, right? Their deeper, innermost, innermost subconscious mind, to use a Freudian term, so are they. So they create it. So why not create a whole lot? Because it costs no more to think big than to think small. But thinking big will get you big results in this book, right? Uh, let's see if I can point to it, right? This book back here, How to Think Bigger Than You Ever Thought You Could Think, just got published. It started out as a set of tapes, and, and the publisher just came to me during COVID and said, every one of those 38 sets of tapes, we got to publish them. And I went, holy cow, what are you going to do? They said, we'll transcribe them. You bring them up to date, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and, and you'll make money twice. And I go, wow, that's reoccurring income because – that's why you got to be productive. Well, I'm going to write one book and sell it. No, you got to write prequels and sequels, and your sequels have to have sequels. And and why not? Because you find something that works, and then you manifest it. Because one more part: when you set these goals, you go into self-awareness. Self-awareness goes to self-expression because you go from what you want to be, what you want to do, what you want to have. Self-expression to self-expression to self-mastery. Where I've done the talk. So I feel really good when I get on a platform, always I don't get scared, right? And then you go into self-realization where you're, you and God are one, 
and it's flowing through you. And that's what Nikola Tesla says. If you watch his videos on YouTube now, and it just blows your mind. Or, and that's what Elon Musk is doing. And Elon Musk said in 1995, I'm going to set these five gigantic goals. And, and by the way, at, he's in graduate school. He's the smartest kid in South Africa, goes to get an economics degree at Wharton and comes out to Stanford last one month and decides to do PayPal and makes a billion dollars with, with Peter Thiel. But the point is, he said, I'm going to do Tesla. I'm going to have productive energy, production energy and storage energy, which everyone said, well, you can't store enough energy to run a car, run a city. And, and when Texas went down, he had enough energy to reboot Texas up when there was no energy, just drove over the stored energy. He says, I'm going to have SpaceX, and I, I will gladly talk to that because I just met one of the leaders of SpaceX. And as you know, I'm on the board of Back to Space, so I, I'm real keen. The best ecology program is a space program I learned when I was in graduate school with Bucky Fuller. Then he said, we're going to have Neuralink. Well, at first I was against Neuralink because I thought, wow, that's transhumanism. And, and the first commandment is, I shall have no other gods before me. But then all of a sudden, what's he done with Neuralink? He's making crippled people walk. And that's got to be like the way coolest thing ever, because I've got a brother-in-law who's a top pediatric guy in Oregon, and he has to lay flat to operate on people's feet. A podiatrist is a foot doctor, and, and he's a really good one. But he was surfing, and a, a, a rogue wave hit him and wiped him out in Hawaii. And he hadn't been able to move. And I sent him that, and he said, holy cow. Mark, you believe that's going to work? I said, look, Elon Musk thinks 5, 10, 20, 30 years ahead because he sets these outrageous goals. And it's not just for him to think big because if you think small, you get small results. You think big, you're going to have some failures, but you're going to get some really big results. I mean, your question, did you really sell a half million books? Better than that, I got paid on just the books. We did $2 billion worth of books, but I got paid on all of them. And, and we did a billion dollars worth of licensing because I did 101 licensed products like on, on chicken soup for the soul dog food, which is a longer story I'll go into if you want. But, you know, we sell $157 million worth of dog food. Well, we get 15%. I don't have to package it. I don't have to deliver it. I don't take returns. I don't worry about it. I don't lose sleep over it. It's a, business is great if you do it. And forgive me, we're just out hiking up the top of a mountain. It's cold. It was cold this morning, not 70, but it was like 40. And my nose is running a little bit. But I don't have a cold. It's just... Uh, uh, the residual from the cold effect outside. Okay, go ahead. Was that helpful? That, uh, it's always helpful. So um, when you wrote your first book, Mark, were you thinking about building an asset that's going to produce recurring income or were you just expressing something you wanted to put in a book? And then if, if it happened along the journey, when did your brain go, ah, these books are great assets and they can pay me residually? First of all, you ask questions I've never heard before, and thank you for doing that, Rob. That's your good, brilliant thinking, and that's good, deeper, innermost, higher-most mind. So when I was bankrupt and upside down in 1973 and 74, and, and I lost $2 million in a day, I built the Washington Racket Club, Botanical Gardens, Aviaries, and I was building out of plastic, PVC, polyvinyl chloride, and I went during the oil embargo, sort of like what we're having as we do this tape. Some people are going to be watching us on video 100 years from now, but they're going to go, what happened back then? Well, <laughs> we had some political idiots, and what they did is they shipped all the energy to take it from our enemies over there in Russia, and they did the same thing in Germany, and they shut down the energy in America because they were dumb coughs. Now, I'm very opinionated on that, as you can tell, because I want energy creates water, water, food, food abundance, and, and then you still got crazy wackadoos. But we need to have abundant energy, and it's got to be clean, green energy, and I own a company that does that. But back when I went bankrupt, I started speaking at little insurance offices, six people, 10 people at a time in, in the life insurance business. And they kept saying, that story is so good you could have it in a book. First book I did was this book, Stand Up, Speak Up, and Win. We sold 20,000 copies to little itty bitty audiences at $10 each. I said, if you were in the front row, I'd kick your feet just because I learned that from Charlie Trans Jones. Just to make, if I kick you, everybody pays attention. You can't do that anymore. But I say, this isn't a New York Times bestseller. This isn't a national bestseller, but this is my bestseller. And what I want, Rob, is I want to sign it to you, your wife, your kids. And if you got a dog, I want to put your dog in the book. And everybody laughed, and then they bought the book. I got $200,000 once today's dollars. Shadow Stats says that's $2 million. Well, man, I got me a brand new Chrysler Cordoba car. I'm coming back up. I got me credit cards. I'm floating again. So. 
that got me going. But people kept saying, boy, that story's good. Would you put it in a book? So pretty soon Jack and I met and we, you know, created the chicken soup story and that went nuts. And then uh, Bob Allen said, can I go on for a minute or you want Carry me to on. Just keep going. So, so I never got, I lived in Newport Beach, California. I now live in beautiful, wonderful, sunny Scottsdale, Arizona, where we got five things in Arizona. We got cactuses, we got cattle, we got cotton, we got the best climate in the world. And we got my wife, Crystal. So how do you do better than that? Anyhow, I used to have these great, great, great parties and uh, invite 500 people. And I hired the Shirelles, which are a big group in the, and when I was growing up, and they brought as a birthday gift to me the Temptations, right? And I'm having a ball. And Bob Allen had written and sold 20 million copies of Nothing Down, 50 Ways to Buy Real Estate for No Money Down. It was a dear friend, and he endorsed my books. I endorsed his. But he comes to the party and said, I want you to write four to a book called One Minute Millionaire. I said, God, I like to know how to make a million in a minute. That sounds exciting to me. Next day, I'm flying from Orange County up to do a talk in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And he's sitting in first class next to me. And I said, Bobby, what are you doing here? He says, I'm going to sell you on writing this book. Well, we decided to write it. We got a million dollars in advance from, from, and we're still getting paid on it. So it's still selling like crazy. As a matter of fact, we just sold all the rights to Greece way late in the game as far as I'm concerned. But like I teach everybody out there, you've got to write a book. You've got to have, you start with a title, then you do the cover. And this is my corporate colors, purple and gold, as I've told you before. But One Minute Millionaire, which helped you a lot, it's two books in one. It's it's it on the left hand side. It's it's uh, nonfiction, left brain logic, right brain is fiction, and you can see this little butterfly here. Uh, da -da 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 -da. I got to learn a way around this camera. Is it when it flies off the page? By the time you're done reading it, you're supposed to go to financial freedom, and nobody had ever done that. Nobody had ever done a purple lining in a book, because I, I say, look, if you're going to write something, you want to think big, but you got to be unique transformational. It's got to be inevitable that the person gets a result that they can't stop talking about. Like, let me, you and I, I like, again, we, we physically met, you said at the seminar, but we really haven't sat down at a meal together and broken bread, but we will. That is a given in my belief and yours, I think. Amen, Mark. So um, do you now um, sell audio versions and what's the split between the revenue in the audio versus the paperback books because obviously audio is a newer concept for books okay so this i'm going to do what what happens and then what's going to happen those are two issues okay so what happens is that more audio books are being sold uh because people are listening while they're exercising I'm, at least in america and i think around the world as i travel every hotel's expanded to a gym and everybody like we are a member of a great club here i'll take you to called the village when you come and it's one of the three best in the world anyhow you know i've always got my earphones on and i'm listening to brilliance i mean absolute brilliance there's never been more of it and from more countries and from you and from people in australia and africa now that that so right now it used to be the books sold more. Right now, audio sells more, audio the books. But once the people get the audio of the book, they go back and buy the book, which I'm really thankful for. So I get paid twice. But then right now, because videotaping is becoming cheaper and, and podcasting is becoming bigger, we've just been invited on the biggest, um, I don't, I, I've got an NDA, so, but it's a social network that has 40 million viewers every day. And they want us to be one of the stars. And I said, of course, Crystal, I'll do that. That'd be, it's going to be called Studio Hanson. We're going to interview you. That's a give me, right? And, but what happened is when you decide to think right, talk right, act right, live right, and ask the right questions, like we teach in our book, ask some amazing things happen. And because we asked, what is the limit of what we can do? And I created this thing called HansonLibrary.com, where we ghost write books for people. 70% of all the bestseller books were ghost written. And then we said, well, where's the biggest market? And I looked and $47 billion worth of fiction books were sold last year. I said, wow, I've been doing nonfiction. That's a hard business. I can sell 10,000 times as many fiction. So we've created it. If you go there, we start with a title and the cover. And we're writing books for the biggest people in the world, like the one you interviewed, Mitzi Purdue. We did... Uh, Rich Widows. Well, when we showed the cover of that book to the head of, of uh, Hallmark, they said, well, we want you to do 10 books in the series. And the next guy who called me from Dubai is the guy with uh, uh, Reebok who, uh, shoes who created aerobics with uh, Shaq O'Neal, who's only seven foot two. And I love it, the Shaq attack and Jane Fonda and 
Richard Simmons, and, and he said, well, I've written my biography, Mark, and I'm 87. He looks 50. He's in great shape. Joe Foster and his wife, Julie. <clears throat> I said, but my wife got a cup for her birthday, and it said, if you want to know if shoes are important to a woman, ask one woman, Cinderella. He said, that's cool. So what's that mean? I said, I woke up in the middle of the night with your title, Joe. And he said, what's my title? I said, Cinderella Sneaker. And we finished the book and it's great. But now we're doing this whole series because we're going after the senior romance market because they got all the money. And in the, in the world now, 51% of the people in, in like America and where you live are over 50. And nobody's tried to sell them except me. So not only will we sell them, but we're going to license all the shoes and all, everything in this wonderful thing that we've created. We've created a whole idea and we'd love you to write a book with our company too but it just it, it's so exciting because we're in this new because we did that i get invited by this guy who runs african media because i wrote a, crystal and i wrote a book uh, about a black gentleman who came out of the everything the depression and everything became the biggest church 26 rolls royces who came my great friend got me out of thinking poverty reverend ike and we wrote his book called from probably titled from wishes to riches anyhow because we're doing that, I sent a copy of it to this guy, and I said, look, we want to be big in Africa with you. And he said, done. He said, but I got to tell you, we got a brand new technology. I said, yeah, I love technology, man. I was in graduate school, the smartest techie guy in the world, Buckminster Fuller, Einstein's best dude. So you can dang well be sure that I like tech. We've got a way, and we've done it with my voice. They got they get 20 hours of my voice, and then they can mimic my voice perfectly. So all I do is I give them a, a, PF, a PDF, sorry, and it goes... They, they do the whole book basically instantly in my voice. Now, that would be cool if that's all this did. But this technology, which I'm going to have the exclusive as, as a publisher, will do my voice in French, my voice in Swahili, my voice in Hindi, my voice in Japanese. Is that like way cool? Uh, that's way cool. <laughs> so because what I wrote down is my crazy goal, because I'm telling you, some of you aren't going to believe that I write down crazy goals, but I wrote down, look, what we need in the world is Library 3.0. Library 1.0 was Alexandria. Alexander the Great, Socrates taught Plato, Plato, Aristotle, Aristotle, Alexander the Great. He conquered what he thought was a world. He didn't know it was bigger than he thought, but that's fine. Gets to Alexandria, and at 28 years old, builds the world's biggest library, the repository of all wisdom insight. That's Library 1.0. My hero, Andy Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie, who's a wee sportsman who came to America, became the richest man. Today, he's over 400 billion. And if you go to his house in New York, when you get to New York, I want you to go to, it's a 95th and 5th Avenue. It's now run by the Smithsonian, but he's got his, his affirmations are all over the ceiling in marble. But the first one says, no man or woman can get rich without enriching all others. Isn't that cool? And number two, it says, the authors are the wealth of the nation. Now I'd change it to author, there's the wealth of the world, but Andy and I get along on that kind of idea. So the point is he created libraries, did 16, 1,698 of them in America. But I said, wait a second, why don't we have a library that goes into your cell phone, audio, video, um, <clears throat> text, and ultimately metaverse. And we take it and we make literate 4 billion people. Now remember my parents were Danish immigrants when there's no English as a second language. And, and were, would be considered illiterate because they couldn't read past English second grade in America. That's considered illiterate. The, the point, and I'm not putting them down, they're very smart but they and, and wise, but they didn't have what I've got as a tool. Language is a tool. They didn't have the English language as a tool. They had Danish. So I'm saying, why don't we get everybody to have a full tool capability? Doesn't that make sense? So, Mark, as you're talking about this, you're firing my brain off because I'm trying to track this journey yeah. so you started and you wrote your first book which was essentially leveraging your information so that you could sell that same piece of information over and over correct then you started writing books in a partnership you know with people like jack camfield so i guess right. there's a bit of leverage there because you know there's two of you then you have ghost writers and you write books with other people and then you're getting your voice artificially, intelligently to write books through automation and robotics and content into the metaverse. So if I'm tracking this right, number one, you're creating leverage because you're taking some experience and information and earning on it multiple times in multiple formats. Then number two, you're 
um, leveraging that information into various asset classes, books, audio books, voice automation, metaverse, etc. Um, and therefore you're gaining kind of scale and reach. And then these assets last for decades, which I think is important. Because if you wrote about interest rates. Right, yeah, because most publishers do what's called a short tail. They do a book, and if it doesn't sell three months, it's bye-bye book. I don't believe that. I believe I'm getting paid on books I wrote 47 years ago. That's called the long tail. And and my my let's stay here with me a second longer. My estate planner is the same guy who did um da, 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 Wizard of Oz, uh, whose name I'm blanking on right this second, but He's dead 150 years, and he does um, uh, Mark Twain's books, which are 200 years ago, basically, right? And and you say, well, that's a long tail. Somebody's getting paid in those books, your estate, your heirs, your assigns, all that stuff. I'm saying everyone out there should not only have a multiplicity of assets, they should have leverage, and everyone wants to have a book because a book is the best door, best door opener. People respect people who write books because authority comes with a hidden word inside author. Right. And everyone's got some ideas that they need to communicate. And, and they give it to my partner, the chief strategist, the writer, the savant of all times, Tom Black. He figures out the storyline. We write it up. And then we got 49 phenomenal writers that finish it for them. And, and we put it together and we make stuff happen that nobody has ever thought could happen before. It's really inspiring to hear you talk about, you know, assets you created over 40 years ago that you're still learning from and then even like the book above you think the thinking bigger book you had that as a an audio tape asset and then you created it into a, a book asset and then you could take the book asset and create it into an audio book asset then you can speak on it then you can create courses on it then you can have it in the metaverse so you're creating multiple streams of income from the same asset and the same piece of information was that was that an intention or was that figuring it out along the way? Uh, both. It, it became a bigger and bigger intention because, as you, as you know, because you've interviewed both my wife and I on the thing and they can go back and watch that. My wife's way smarter than I am. But we, when we were falling in love long, long ago, we sat at, at a mother's market in Costa Mesa, California, and there's a man of the cloth who had his white collar and black suit on. And he said, can I tell you guys how to stay totally in love? There's only one way. I didn't really want to talk to him. I was interested in talking to my wife. I said, sure. He said, well, I'm 92. And for 70 years, I've run Billy Graham Ministries. And we discovered that you've got to pray out loud with your spouse in the morning and at night. So we do that. Previously, we'd done it in groups. We'd done it at church. We'd done it at funerals. We'd never done it together. So we do that. Like we just, before I got on your show, we because it's morning here in America, as we're making this a night there or something close, I guess. You know, we just visualize what we want. And honest to God, remember, I said you go through the hierarchy. My hierarchy looks like this. Maslow's is like this. Mine is like this, right? You go through self-awareness, self-expression, self-mastery, and then self-realization where you're in God conscious. I just came up with like 10 titles, and I wrote them all down. She was asked by the people who the number one best-selling book of all times, 150 million copies, is The Alchemist. Did you happen to read it, Rob? I've read it, yep. Yeah, it's great. Well, they're making a movie in Morocco, as you probably know, eat all the trades. The have talked to us. I'm not going to take us, but it looks like that. And if they do, they needed my wife. The first 40 pages of our book, which we give everybody free. I've given you a copy of The Fable of Michaela to give every one of your listeners, or they can uh, go to uh, reception at markvictorhanson.com and get it free. Either place you can go. Anyhow, it is so exciting to us because for the first time in history, uh, that fable is going to become a movie. Now you say, well, why do you want to do that? And I want you to write a fable too, with, alone or with your wife, however you want to do it. But remember, I, I'm of Danish descent in Denmark. The biggest fabulist, which did 157 fables, is Hans Christian Andersen, the ugly duckling, which is about self-esteem and all that. Nobody's ever written fable in America, not even my hero, Mark Twain. And I said, well, wait a second. Fables... Are, are everybody, it's a, fables a two-story story, in case you don't want to know what a fable is really defined as. In other words, there's the literal story, the story at the level, it was an ugly duckling. But there's the other story, the story within the story, the esoteric story, the story of every man and woman. I'm not sure I'm okay. I think I got it. If you're 13, I got a zit on my nose. I can't go. A little girl says, I can't go to the class with Rob. I really like Rob. And if he sees me with a zit, he'll never invite me. Do you remember those days when you're 13 or 14? 
I mean, just, you go, and I've got daughters and now we've got grandkids almost that age and you go, oh my gosh, it, it does, it, that, we, we got rid of the zits by good nutrition, so they won't have that problem and they're really cool kids, so, our six grandkids. So. Did that help? Did that make sense? Yep. Oh, good. Yeah. So we're on information into assets that last a long time, 40 years, or even intergenerational. No, no, no. Oh, eternity. Eternity. We don't want 40-year assets. Be careful right. because your lawyer will say, if you hear say 40, they'll write in 40. You want long tail, permanent, yeah. eternal assets to your and your estate's asset and to whatever your charity and philanthropies are going to be. And I'm sure they're going to be great. Mark, you wrote a book called Cracking the Millionaire Code. Um, so what do millionaires know that you don't, which is the subtitle of that book? Well, what they know is that it, it, let's just do the book business. When you're done with the book, and I've got that book on a shelf if you need me to show it to everybody, but um, Cracking the Millionaire Code, when you're done with the book, you're only 10% done. Now, the publishing industry has said, well, good job, Rob. You did it, boy. No, you ain't done. You get to sell that book for the rest of your life and your kids' life and your salespeople's lives. Dale Carnegie books are still selling. I was a top salesman for a very short time in Dale Carnegie because I learned their trick. And they do sales calls on Sunday. And I watched this lady that when it called in on the sales call from full page ads in New York Times, she said, have you convinced yourself to take the course or do you need more information? If they're convinced, she said, good. Send in a check to $367 to Patty Babbitt to this address. I thought, hell, I can do that. So I started doing it at work and I went, Pew! right? All you got to do is interview the best salespeople and find out what they're doing and just do it until you can outperform them. Because the goal is outperform, outsell, outmarket, outsell, outthink yourself. And that's what millionaires do. They look around, they find out what's working, and then they make it better. And that's what our friend <clears throat> Elon Musk, he found the Tesla, and then he's just kept improving it. And, and then you, you, a millionaire doesn't allow him or herself to get stopped when, when the governor of California tried to shut down his plan in, in Fremont because um, of COVID. He said, well, what is selling? And he found out that 3M was making ventilators, but they couldn't make them fast enough. So he calls up the head of 3M and he says, um, I have 3D printing. I got all the metal you'd want. I got 90,000 employees. Give me a contract. Send me the, the uh, software which called architecture and 3D printing. Send me the architecture. I'll print them. We'll split 50-50 and we'll make enough for America and the world. And that's what he did. But what he really did, he also made 90,000 cars. Every other car dealer shut down. He became the richest man in the world. Because some of you don't know it, but we're going to have some ups and downs in the economy. I think you would believe that, Rob. And if you don't, we'll talk that through because some stuff happening politically. But the point is, 25% of people during the worst depressions make the biggest fortunes. In, in your country during the depression, when everything went down, our uh, John Paul Getty, uh, he bought the whole oil industry at one penny per dollar. Isn't that cool? Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's important that I tell how some of this stuff works, because you said, let's talk money. And I, I did you know that fact? No, I didn't. No. But you see that that's going to happen again. I mean... Life has oh. what the, the spiritual term is vicissitudes, ups and downs, peaks and valleys. Yeah, like, like this is not about me, this is about you, Mark, but there's no doubt right now with everything that's gone in the world and how much it's cost for, you know, apps, track and trace, vaccines, yada, yada, the taxes going up and up and up and up, inflation going up and up and up, cost of living going up and up and up and up and up. What goes up must come down, but there's surely going to be some great business opportunities in a correction, don't you think? And then I want to go back to that word inflation. I'm writing that and I'm going to do it. If people will watch my podcast, either on YouTube or Rumble, they'll see I'm talking about inflation in a different way than anyone else. The biggest inflation is secret inflation and the secret inflation is taxation. What happens is when they inflate more, they tax more, so they yeah. pay you more. The government gives you subsidies, which is slavery. I want you to understand that they are putting handcuffs on you. And 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 I don't want any, I want everyone to, I used to do my seminars, break through the handcuffs, because some of you say, I'm a woman and I can't earn over 50,000 or 100,000. I said, look, that's a glass ceiling. My here is break your belief system, like I broke your belief system about, you know, get goal because you need too many. 
what if I have too many goals? Well, you got two choices. You either tell nobody, which other people teach, and do the opposite of what I do is I teach it. And, and you can go online, and I'm saying I'm going to sell a billion books. Now, I haven't done it, but I'm going to be 127. i got a long, long way left, and, and that's with options for renewal. So do I, let me just ask you, do you think I'll sell a billion books over a lifetime? I have no doubt about that. One, the law of compounding is on your side because you've already sold more than half a billion. You have 300 and odd books. You know, when you go on Joe Rogan, which is surely going to happen, you'll probably sell a million or, yeah, it's it's a given as far as I'm concerned. I have it written as a goal. So if you can get me with Joe, I want to go on his show because we, he is being attacked in our country right now. I love the guy because he's got gumption he's got guts he's got self-determination action which every rich millionaire back to your question two questions ago he's got you're going to have self-determination action but you only have that if you've asked yourself what do i really want to be what do i really want to do what do i really want to have i really when i was bankrupt i wanted to speak to people that care about things that matter that make a life-changing difference i asked my three roommates in hicksville long island new york they said look this little guy is a few years older than you actually he was a decade older chip collins and he was winding up 500 people's lives. He just was mesmerizing. And I went there and I asked him, I said, teach me how to do this. I asked, I'll take you to lunch. He said, you ain't going to make it. One in a thousand make it. But I said, just tell me how to do it. He said, stay out of real estate. I own the five boroughs of New York. I'll teach you how to do it if you do life insurance. It's the bottomless pit for motivation. I'll never run out. And he taught me what to do. And call in 10 people. One say yes. One guy said yes. That guy, that first day I did it, the last guy at 6.30 at night, I've been beat up all day. My name's Tony Mark. I'm the number one guy and the number one insurance company. Now, he weighed 350, 400 pounds. I mean, this guy is a big guy, lovely Italian guy. He said, Mark, I really like you, kid. Nobody's here in the office, but you and I, look, we're still working, kid. So that's good. You got a work ethic, and that's important. I said, I learned it from my parents. They were Danish immigrants that had to work. He said, here's a directory to everybody at Metropolitan. You got it? You call them. You would tell them Big Tony sent you, and if they don't hire you like I hired you for those four talks, prospecting, presenting, closing, good work habits, you call me, tell me, I'll tell them. They got to hire you. You ain't very expensive, but you're going to get their earnings 10% up, and we need the company to keep going up. The law of life is law of expansion, Mark. You got it? I said, I got it. You're supposed to have an advancing soul and advancing income. I got, and that's what everybody listening has got to catch. They don't have a choice. They got to read your books, my books, watch this stuff, learn this stuff, break out of this silly ceiling. Well, I'm a woman. I'm a man. I'm too old. I'm too young. I got a, a 14 year old, like I've told you to write this uh, great book, uh, you know, Richest Kids in America. And I want you to do the richest kids in England, the richest kids in Europe. And I'll write the forward. I've already told you. I don't want anything. I mean, if you want to publish with our publishing company, you can have a deal here. <laughs> but we were just at a seminar. I got to do this. So this little kid comes up to me with wall-to-wall pimples and said, Mark, I've read your books. And I'm sorry, I got to get rid of that accent. Sorry, he's not Italian. He's a little kid. And we're doing a, a fiction book with him. But he said, uh, he's looking around at Crystalline and his parents are right behind him. He says, I made uh, 843000 last year and I'm 14 years old. I said, excuse me. I said, you just broke my paradigm because when I was a kid, I thought I did well selling the most greeting cards in America. And I read a dollar a box, $367. I thought I was doing, you do the number again, 843,000. And he showed me his bank balance. I said, how'd you do that? He said, my dad took me to every real estate meeting at eight years old. I'm the youngest realtor in Ohio. And I've just been buying everything that doesn't move that I could figure out how to fix up. And I've written this book. Now I want a bigger book with you. Devin, you're my kind of guy. You're talking to my stages, buddy, because there are so many kids that are going to have to make money for the whole family. Like, as I've told you before, when I was nine, I had to buy all my own clothes. My parents didn't have the money. And then as I got older, I helped them some. But, you know, I made more in my rock group playing band than, than they, my dad didn't hear I did one night. So I helped out and helped a lot of stuff. But, and I'm not here to brag. I'm here to say, we got to get out of this. You got to grow up. You got to go to college. You got to go get a dumbass job. Because a job, you said it earlier, and I wanted to tell you, we defined it as J job, J-O-B, just over broken. You really need what we teach in this book, as you know, you got to have an MBA, a millionaire's bank account, not a master's in business administration. It should be, an, I want to create an M-E, an M-B, a millionaire business entrepreneurship, which you and I have talked about before.
Mark, I want to touch on something you sort of opened there about the young chap who has earned over $800,000. So I'd love your thoughts on this. You know, you've built recurring income from multiple assets of information into books, which then some has been digitized. If we look at where the kids are now making money, it's on Patreon and OnlyFans and podcast ads and sponsorships and collaborations and you know, Mr. Beast, what, 54 million on YouTube. I just interviewed Jake Paul, 46 million a year on we YouTube. We got these. Million. I, I missed that name. What was Yeah, name? Mr. Beast. Um, he's the biggest YouTuber in the world, $54 million in one year on YouTube. Oh, wow. I so got to look him up. A lot send of these. Me a link are... on that, please. Sorry? You send me a link about that. I'd love to sure. walk, read that and study that. Yeah. So a lot of these. People are under 25 years old. A lot of them are in their teens. There's dancers and, um, you know, people who review toys on YouTube that make tens of millions of dollars a year. Oh, that little There's kid that's years old and does toys. You're right. For Hasbro, yeah. I think. But somebody. Exactly. Ryan, he does the toys review. And then you've got these TikTokers who are going to number one in the chart. So what, what are your thoughts on how recurring income from assets like books and how you've you know obviously sold half a billion books has evolved into these digital assets on podcasts and tiktok and youtube and instagram what are your thoughts on how that the world is changing in that area first of all we're at the front end of that and um i'm invited into it at a very heavy level right now like i said i'm sort of standing under the spot where all the good things pour out and i'm very thankful like somebody just came to us the guy who created the glove hand for uh, Michael Jackson came to us, who's been a friend for 30 years, Terry Turok. And, and he created, when you come to the Empire State Building, the whole entertainment going up to the top of that on a train. And just, but he calls me up and he said, look, I just, uh, we're starting to gamify all of Dr. Deepak Chopra's stuff. And I know you and Deepak are friends. I said, yeah, true. And he said, I want to gamify your ask book. And so he flew all the way out here with his partner, uh, David Skokol, and, and we had, a cup of tea together and he showed it to me and I said, holy cow. And then he showed me how big the game business is, which I was oblivious. I mean, we play games with all our grandkids. When they come over, we shut off no cell phones. They don't even get to do their digital watches. And then we play games, but it wasn't in my ready consciousness. He said, I'm going to do all of it and we're going to split 50-50. I said, done. And we signed and we agreed. So that's that. what happens is the best stuff done has not been done. Now, do we still need plumbers? Yeah. Do we still need technicians? Yeah. Do we still need people doing to do? The answer is yeah. We need everyone to be productive in whatever their art form is. But what you and I are talking about, because the people listening to you and I are primarily intellectually oriented. That's why Think and Grow Rich said, think and grow rich. Find a hole in the market. Like in a book market, the hole is no one's writing for seniors. And yet, you know, 51% of us are over 50 and I'm going to take over that market just because no one's ever, I don't care. No one can catch up to me right now. I'm six months ahead. It's like when, when uh, you listen to Elon Musk, I quote him because he's my inspiration at some levels. He said, all these electric companies are going to pay Toyota's paying $21 billion or wasting their money. I'm five years ahead of where they're going to be five years now. So, you know, because what he's done is he's integrated space into cars. And he says, I'm not selling cars. I'm selling a computer on wheels that's run on AI, artificial intelligence. Well, I'm running my companies on AI. And people keep coming with silver platters and saying, hey, like Terry Truck, let's gamify this. Or the guy with the audio in, in every language, Signeski, he said, Mark, I want to uh, take all your stuff and we're going to do all of it. Well, I have to do it once, but it gets multiplied infinite amount of times and that's really what we're saying is you if you're getting paid once you have a job and and you're like warren buffett's line like you said earlier you're going to die broke basically i mean i'll change the words that buffett said because but i like warren's lines he's really smart anyhow the the point and i don't know if he's wise but i think he is the 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 point is and i've been to his seminars and and listened to he's funny too is it is i got so much to share with you i'm trying to cram it in here but the fact of the matter is Buffett gets paid on multiple companies. And, and so when these guys came to us about uh, gaming, uh, because remember, I've looked at every business model and that's what I'm teaching and all the, I'm going to do 7,000 videos that'll go up on YouTube and rumble and all that stuff. And, and that's my goal. And I've written out all these titles, like I told you this morning, 
But what I'm going to say is that when these guys came to me, they wanted to do one game. And I said, look, we've done 49 books in six months that are life-changing books, impact books that people don't know about, like the world's biggest bankruptcy attorney. We're doing two books with him simultaneously because he takes companies 300 million up bankrupt like Avis and Hertz because they had 8,000 cars and nobody rented cars and COVID shut them down. And then they had to go chapter 13, 11, sorry in our country. I don't know how the chapters work in your country in bankruptcy, but, and, and we're writing a book about called Save Yourself, and we'll send it out to all the biggest companies in the whole world, and he can do anything in the world. That stuff's never been done before. There's so much information that needs to be codified, locked down, improved, put together, and, and I can give one model that'll get everybody to work tomorrow if they want, if you want that model. Okay, so... I'm selling you all a book, but you got to buy this book. It's called, You Have a Book in You. The second chapter talks about interviews. Now, let me talk about interviews. When Jack and I did Chicken Soup for the Soul, it, we started it in 1988, and by, it didn't get published to 93, because we finally, after 144 turnouts, a little publisher, HCI, uh, Health Communications, not Hanson Canfield Inc., published us, but they said there'll be a year and a half. And then you got about $20,000 dollars that's 120000 which was Vanity Press. Anyhow, um, but what happened is I'd spent all this money, Jack had spent all the money, so I was working in a chiropractic market and the insurance got pulled. Now I'm going to tell you that in math, the negative times a negative equals a positive. So they are out of money. And I, I went and interviewed all the best chiropractors that ran what's called a cash practice. you got to pay them $10 in adjustment, $25, $50, whatever it was, depends on their competence, whether they're doing cranial sacral, whatever the heck they're doing. So I knew all the best docs because I'd done every meeting in America that were doing cash, 21 of them. I interviewed them in one week on the telephone. I called him up and I said, Dennis Nicotel, what are you doing to make a million dollars? He said, all I do, Marky, is I carry rubber bands in my pocket. I put a rubber band on somebody's index fingers and Rob, pretend you're omnicotone, you're the patient trying to get. I said, that's a subluxation. If you don't take off the rubber band, what color will my finger turn? Real quick, Rob. Uh, red and then like a dark pinky red and then and black. Then, and then it falls off dead. Now, yeah. can a medical yeah. doctor get rid of that? No. Can a, uh, a PT, a physical therapist? No. Can a physician's assistant? No. Can a massage therapist? No. There's only one doctor that can get you, get your spine in line with the divine and get rid of a subluxation. And that is a chiropractor. So if you want a chiropractor, Nikita would say, I'm Dr. Nikita. I'm applying for the job with you if you'll just let me try it just once. And he makes a million dollars a year. And the only way you work in my practice is you pay cash. And so, of course, he's rich. But I did 21 of those guys. Chiropractic is going down because the Clintons have pulled all the money out of it. And, and I sold $3 million worth of tapes just like that. And why? Because I created a niche. Now, simultaneously, the Red Cross is out of blood. And Liddy Dole says, hey, Mark, you have these great ideas. And that everybody out there listening, keep telling yourself at night before you go to sleep, I got great money-making ideas. I got great money-making ideas. I got great money-making ideas. And I'll wake up with them, and I'll write them down, and I'll figure out how to do them. And you will. So Liddy Dole says, we're out of blood. How can I get enough blood? And I said, let's go to medical doctors. She said, they won't do it. So I said, the chiropractors are 77,000. They see 25 million patients a month. This is before email. So we wrote them a letter and said, hey, look, I want you to call 800-GIVE-LIFE, have a blood mobile build out, give a free adjustment, call all the patients that haven't been in for three months that are uh, vaporized, so to speak. Come in, we'll adjust them free, and we'll give them a copy of, of our book a free sampler of uh, a third helping a chicken soup of the soul. And we were number one for the next 58 weeks because it's called cause related charity, but we got enough blood for the next, uh, we got uh, enough blood for next year and a half cryogenically frozen. We took a negative times a negative and made a positive. Does that make sense? Makes now, sense. So the question, Rob, everyone listening, are there a lot of problems out there in, with 8 billion people on the planet? There more than ever. And problems have a solution hidden inside if you just think. That's why it's think and grow rich. Don't st I'm going to go work and get rich. You're not going to go work and get rich. You can't work enough to get rich. But you can think enough to get really, really, really rich. Mark, I feel like you're the king of leverage. You have all Thanks. these ideas. 
and then you execute them through partnerships and digital assets and physical assets and books and all the new future technology that you know you're getting into and you know you're on the board of many companies and you know i feel like you have all this energy and then you're leveraging it out it doesn't seem like you have all this energy and then you're putting it into writing 6 hours a day yourself so if someone's a bit stuck in the weeds of life and you know like you said they're trying to work to get rich I, I would regard you as the king of leverage. How can they leverage more? How can they achieve more with less? How can they create assets? So leverage means you do more with less. The leverage that everyone knows is the little hinges on a door. Little hinges move big doors, right? So what you got to do is use a little to get a whole lot. And, and do I write every day? Almost every day I write a few hours. So it's not that I don't write. I, I am a, and I get up early and I work late and I have a good time and I have a great life and a super wife and great kids and, and travel still a lot. So, but you know, you work in the scrap time and, and you just get stuff done. You decide what you're going to do and then you do it. Self-determination to action. Cause I have like, I'm finishing a book right now on money. That's going to be bigger than anything I've ever written. Cause I think we're going into a troubled time. And people don't understand how to do what we're talking about on the show, how to leverage themselves uh, to greatness. And, and we did, you know, we taught the whole leverage principle in this book. I mean, we do a whole chapter on leverage in here because, uh, you know, Bucky taught me leverage. And we've got the, the best pictures on leverage that exist ever, I think, in this book, which helped you. I don't know if you're willing to talk to how it helped you or not. But if you are, um, I'll let you wax on why, how you saw the leverage of of individuals, leverage of people, leverage of ideas. And leverage of ideas is the heaviest one because that's where you go into the infinite because the infinite God is infinite. You're made in infinite stuff, so you've got infinite ability. And quit being told, oh, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a garbage man, you're a street sweep. Go ahead. What did it do for you, sir? Well, there's, that's a big question, but I'll summarize it. So I feel like there are four ways to earn. There's earning through labor, earning through management, earning through leadership and earning through ideas, which you've just mentioned. And I guess, you know, for 30 years of my life, I earned through labor and then I got a, I managed one person and then I started my own company. And now for me, you know, I can have a million pound or a 10 million pound or maybe even a hundred million pound idea. Um, and so having good ideas, which is like you said, think and grow rich, not work and go rich, which means you have to give yourself time to have good ideas, which means you have to get out of that hustle mentality and more into long walks and good conversations and interviews like this, which don't feel like work, which for people in England, definitely we were raised to work and our parents raised us to work and it's hard work equals results. And all the American influencers, not yourself, Mark, but many of them are hustle and grind and 10x and go big or go home and you know, get rich or die trying. And actually, to me, that's the opposite, the opposite of ideas. That's labor. Labor works hard. Idea thinks hard. So going from labor to management to leadership to ideas. And um, that was a journey I went through for quite a few years. But the epiphany I had learning from you about goals was that if you have five goals and you achieve four of them, that's an 80% success rate. If you have 100 goals and achieve 30 of them, that's a 30% success rate, but it's 30 goals, not four. So I'd rather fail more and have more goals, but have more achievement. And also, when you have small goals or a few goals, you're safe and you're small. And, and often you, you've got those goals, not because you're thinking big, but because you're thinking small. So that's why having 50, 100, 200, 500 goals help me think bigger, because a few goals is almost saying, well, I won't have too many goals because then I can't fail at too many things. So I'll only have a few goals because they're safe and I can achieve those. But that's the opposite of a goal because a goal should be something that you haven't achieved yet that you want to grow into. So really now, I do, like you, Mark, still have to honour the fact that a few hours a day I get in the weeds and do work. Sometimes that has to be done and sometimes you've got to fight fires and you, know, you haven't written all 300 and odd books, but you're still right. But for me, it's about having ideas that are useful, that can serve vast numbers of people, and then me putting a team together or leveraging the implementation of building the system, the software, or the staffing required to execute that idea. So I guess I'm trying to earn on ideas, not earn on labor. And I suppose that's um, how 
really you inspired me by having so many goals. Well, first of all, I've never heard it defined that way. And I love what you just said, 30%. But remember, 30% in baseball gets paid $16 million a year. That means they're failing 70% of the time for hitting the home run, which is, which is by the way, it's better to, to go for the grandstands like Babe Ruth used to than not, right? And, and yeah. so it's so exciting what you're saying. And, and what if we wake up everybody, because what we're really talking about here is your full potential. Like on my new podcast, my, my marquee is Mark Victor Hansen Live, sharing stories about people, ideas, and money that will help you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually. Because this spiritual thing is what, let's go to this idea thing and then say, what, what are ideas but spirit? Which is why Einstein said your imagination is more important than facts. Because the fact was, 500 years ago, which isn't that long ago in, in you know celestial time, 15 billion years old, the planet, the, the earth and the universe, is the earth was flat. Everybody knew the earth was flat. And Christopher Columbus, you're an idiot thinking that the earth's wrong. You're going to fall off the earth. Well, obviously, he didn't fall off the earth. And obviously, people in Asia had gone to America before that. I can talk to the cosmogony and cosmology of that, but that's pretty esoteric and probably not for today. The point is, he had a big goal, and, and his name is, is, even though he's Italian and got funded by the uh, Spaniards, he did great things. And every one of us has got great things to do, but it's all spiritual ideas. I mean, I don't know if you agree that ideas are, are a spiritual substance or not. I'd love to hear you wax on about that if you think that. Yeah, um, I, I remember this quote that John Demartini told me, um, and he was quoting someone spirit without matter is motionless and matter without spirit is expressionless and it took me a little while to get my head around but i would see ideas as spirit in the infiniteness of the universe but without matter and energy to give them momentum they're in the ethereal Wherever, whether we think that's a void or we think that's the super consciousness or um, whatever people would say it. But so I think that ideas are everywhere and infinite, but the execution of them is taking the spirit and turning it into energy and turning it into matter and turning it into motion, which is why, you know, in the law of attraction, there's attraction like meditation and mindfulness and incantation and visualization. But the key word in attraction is action. So the spirit is the attraction, but the matter and the momentum is action. So they're my very limited thoughts on the subject of, of ideas, because I probably have a hundred terrible ideas for every five good ideas. And that's part of the process. So trying to funnel through us what ideas are useful and implemental that we need to turn from spirit into matter, I guess is part of being an entrepreneur, working out, okay, what's useful, what's practical, uh, what does the world need right now? Is this the right timing? Am I the right person to do it? Should I form a company around it? Should I take the risk for it? That's the kind of logical matter element. And the spirit is the idea element, I suppose. Well, first of all, you were very articulate about my dear friend, Dr. John D. Martini, who's been my buddy for 30 years. And he, he and I are the only guys that 20 years ago had over 6,000 goals. And we're the only two guys that ever shared our goals with each other because most people have only a few. And, and, and we didn't want anyone to discount what we were trying to do. And then as for what you're saying is in my wife is a quantum physicist, amongst other things. And in quanta, there's only two things. There's wave and there's particle. And Heisenberg's principle of indeterminacy says it depends on who's looking, what they see. But wave is becoming particle. E equals mc squared. E is all the energy of the universe becoming matter, which is wound up at 186,000 miles per square, whether it's my body or this computer or this microphone. And, and C is energy, light, ambient energy, which they used to call in the ethers during the time of Einstein. And you can see Einstein's movie now on Prime. I assume you guys got Prime TV in, almost everywhere in the world. But the fact of the matter is, is it ether? The wave is always become stuff, 
sooner or later. And, and there's plenty of ways, and, and I never thought about it the way you just described it, uh, the inward of at, uh, law of attraction is action. But the action only happens metaphysically to catch the wave to make it physically that turned into this computer or this microphone or my glasses or the smartphone. Isn't that cool? And that's that very stuff cool. is pounding at a faster rate than ever in history, the technology mm. of that. And it's way cool to think about because everybody out there should have a book in them, they got a story in them, they got music in them, and they got an invention in them, which is what we've been talking about here is you've got some stuff in you that got to pull out. And out of what you said, let's say 100 ideas, one or two, even one or two, if you have 100 ideas a day for 10 days, you have 10 great ideas. And write them all down because you can't get them done all at once, but ultimately you'll have long time to get them done. And if you really want the idea done, the right people will show up spontaneously. That's what's so amazing. There's universes of miraculous. Einstein said, so well, either everything is a, mir a miracle or nothing is a miracle. And yeah, I wrote a book called The Miracles in You, and that was the first line I put in the book. <laughs> Mark, I'd love to finish with a power quick fire money round. So sure. I challenge you to answer these in 15 seconds. That's a challenge. Um, Cause I know you could do an hour on each question. So I'm going to ask you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions, seven money questions, 15 second answer. If you can, what's the best advice relating to money you've heard or you could give. Decide you're going to make more of it and keep affirming, I am rich. I am rich. And your subconscious until it in, inundates your deeper, higher-most mind so you become rich. What's the worst advice you've ever um, heard about money? Spend everything you get. Mark, is money the root of all evil? And why? No, it's, it, it's considered the love of money, which is root of all evil, which is the Apostle Paul said, but it's really true that it's the lack of money I learned from Reverend Ike that's the root of all evil. It causes poverty, causes sickness, causes lack, limitation. And I'm here to break those strangleholds on everybody like you are. Mark, does money country, change that, you? That well was George Bernard Shaw. He just wrote ways out of poverty, although he believed in socialism, which I do not. I believe in capitalism exclusively. I thought, by the way, yeah. I thought those answers were great. Sorry, we had a bit of crossover there. Mark, does money change you? Uh, Jim Rowan and I did a lot of seminars around, uh, around the world, and Mr. Rowan said, money makes you more of who you are. So if you're an SOB, a state office building, you become a bigger SOB. If you're really a nice guy, you become philanthropic, charismatic, gentle, and a, and a servant of humanity. Like That's why I keep using Elon Musk, because he looks like the greatest humanity server on the planet right now, because he really wants to make it work, and then he wants to make Mars work, which is really an exciting idea. I don't want to go, but and I hope he doesn't go. And my friend Richard Branson from your country does not go. Branson said, look, Marky, I can go back and forth in 70 days each way. I go, Richard, I need you on the earth. You do 421 billion. You own all these. I mean, you do 21 billion and 421 companies. You do not need to go to Mars. We need you right here on, on the terra firma. The more firma, the less terror. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what's the best thing about being rich? Freedom. I'm Mark, freedom at every level because when you get rich, you start to say, well, what are my options? And your options are literally infinite. So you've got to have self-discipline to action. What is the road I'm willing to travel? Because I've tried to travel too many roads and it doesn't work. And that's why I said I'm traveling on a road where I am in the information business because I am a master at it. And Mark, what's the worst thing about being rich? The amount of people that want to steal from you because they're enormous. And, and uh, you know, with, Jesus said it so well. He said, they're sheep, they're shepherds, they're wolves. And then what you got to watch out for most is the sheep and wolves' clothing. And they come in every title, every name, every discipline, every government, every politician. It just, it just you go... Aye, aye, aye. That guy was right. There's only four quadrants, and there's a lot of those bad guys out there. And I think I've met all of them. Now, Jim Rowan would joke and say, there's only 10 really bad people in the world, but they move around a lot. <laughs> Mark, one quick thing I want to jump on that you said. You're in the information business, and you're really good at it. Do you think information is the greatest asset, and do you think information gives the greatest leverage? 
Yes and yes. The, the, the fact is we're going into this creative economy coming out of the digital economy, coming out of the industrial age. And the answer is unequivocally yes, because if you get the right information at the right time with wisdom and employ it, not only will you be rich, but you're going to help. You can't back to Andy Carnegie. You can't get rich without helping everybody else get rich. I mean, when I was running a hundred million dollar company, I had 387 employees, but we really helped more people get rich than anybody, as far as I'm told, since Napoleon Hill. And, and I'm told by that, by the head of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, that we've done that. So, and there are a couple of us that are doing great jobs now. It's not only me, it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's, you know, Kiyosaki, it's Ken McElroy, who I think I've had on your show. And, and if you haven't, we got to get him on. You know, he owns 10,000 properties. I mean, there's some really, there's people like you, there's people like Pat Masidi, who's turning around Australia right now and has 25,000 a week come to him. So we're in a, in, a, in a time where awareness, I've never said this before, but awareness is, is the breakthrough agent for all of us. How's that? Perfect way to finish, Mark. So where can we follow you? Um, where's the best place for the central resource to get your books and your podcast and follow your work? Right. I would ask you to follow me on YouTube and Rumble and all that. But if you'll go to askthebookclub.com and join, we're going to tell you all the cool stuff we got. We got a lot of seminars coming up, which is amazing. Now, COVID is is starting to fade away masks and all that nonsense. Uh, at least I thought it was nonsense because it was a political pharmacy thing. Um, you know, very few people, I, I, I got to be careful here because if you lost your best friends, like I've lost some best friends. But the bottom line is, askthebookclub.com is a great place to come. And, and I want you to come out to the seminars if you can travel and and if you want to, if it would make you, because you need to be in the energy orbit of somebody who's done it and who's being it. It's called entrainment. And I obviously got entrained with Bucky Fuller and with Chip Collins and with Cabot Robert and with Reverend Ike and a lot of people. I've, I've sent thousands of seminars and they've elevated me. And what I want to do is I want to elevate everybody. I want to inspire them to their own fulfillment of their soul and their greatness and the, and the maximization not the minimization of their talent mark i always love talking to you thanks once again for sharing your wisdom um anything i can do to help you you know i'm always here and make sure everyone listening and watching goes to um jordan's just put it in the chat ask the follow mark on all of his socials Definitely inspired me back in the day. Um, and it's a pleasure to know you, Mark. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoy being with you again, Rob. Thank you.